Hello there. Uh, this is our podcast, We Should Write This Down, where we basically ramble on about nothing. And, and uh, everything. <laughs> and everything. Uh, my name is Chris Cusso. I am a writer at TrustyHenchman.com, and I am the power of justice that will summon a storm. <laughs> and I'm Nicole Lamb, and I am vengeance. I am the knight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always a good combo. Yeah, you know, why not? It's better than being, I am vengeance, I am the midday, you know, so. <laughs> I am the midday slump. I am yes. when you need the coffee the most. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this episode might be a little bit more DC Comics uh, property heavy. Which is weird for uh, us because we barely ever talk about superhero stuff, even though yeah, we like superhero stuff. We do, we do. We do. But uh, that is because we have both watched The Wonder Woman 1984. And for once, we're not the only ones who want to uh, shitpost about a Wonder <laughs> yes. Woman movie. So we'll we'll put some context. Yes. Uh, the first Wonder Woman movie, neither you or I really enjoyed it. No, if I wasn't stuck in the center of a full theater, I would have walked out, which is yeah. weird for me. I don't. I usually suffer through things. And before anybody poo-poo's on us about being anti DC people, I absolutely loved DC Comics before the New Fifty Two. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I always have to put that, that benchmark right there. Yep. They, they've betrayed me in so many ways. Also as a retailer, side note. So I have extra, uh, yeah. you know, anger towards them, but I try not to hold that towards stories and all that, but, um. Yeah. And, and Jeff John's Green Lantern made me fall in love with Green Lantern. I would have yeah. probably not read that stuff before working in a comic book store and I really love it. And I also yeah. love... Tom King's Batman, I've mentioned that before, where I've only read like mm-hmm. volume five and six or something because it's like fan fiction and it's amazing. <laughs> yeah. But the first Wonder Woman movie had us had had me for a number of reasons. Like, OK, the first chunk of it on Themyscira, if it was if that was the whole movie. Yeah, I would have been fine. Agreed. But I have major issues with the pacing. Um, I have major issues with the editing. There's a couple atrocious edits in that film that I do not comprehend how they were in there still. And just a lot of the decisions. Just just the fact that one of the main villains was Fled Nanders. Fled <laughs> Nanders. Oh. Uh, Ned there's Flanders. That, there's that brain tumor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they obviously were like, well, we can't do World War II because Captain America beat us to it. And it's like, that's such a weird idea like you could both do world war ii very like we'll do world war one but then they basically depict the germans as nazis anyway right and then they do i swear the end of the movie uh, a blonde blue-eyed man named steve gets into a plane and saves the world by crashing it and it's just like you are captain you 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 double down on being captain america by trying to avoid being captain america side note there is somebody in the end credits whose name is steve rogers just saying that movie was Captain America. So you couldn't avoid it anyway, right? I mean, just might yeah. as well do a good movie. Just do a good movie. Yeah. Do World War II, do it right, but whatever. And then it had the Zack Snyder sepia tone over it. And then it tried to be lighthearted yeah. like Marvel, but then it was like dark and depressing. And it was like, pick a pick a tone, pick one, any tone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's just, just weird character moments that didn't make sense for me mostly around diana she was mostly fine 
but yeah, I don't know. It just didn't hold strong to me. It wasn't like the worst thing I have ever seen. It was just boring through most of it. I think my main problem was that working at a comic book store, so many people said it was like the best, greatest thing. And I'm just like, it's really not. It's it's okay in many ways, but that's still not great because Wonder Woman deserves more. As a Wonder Woman fan, I just wanted something that really was stronger but on the flip side it did mean a lot to a lot of people so that's good you yeah know. i had to like kind of hold it back a bit but yeah. you know you get asked so many times you have to watch every superhero movie because everyone's going to ask you immediately you know yeah yep yep so wonder woman 2 electric boogaloo uh so 1984 it didn't need to be in 1984 yeah. it could have been at any time also what did they no. do with the 80s they just made everyone wear a members only jacket and colorful spandex oh it's the 80s yeah yeah i think they were trying to go for the george perez tone of stuff but it's just like why um because the thing is i always feel that that Justice League, Batman, Superman, and Justice League shot Wonder Woman in the foot because they did that stupid thing where, like, she can't be known. She's been in secret yeah, the entire then- <laughs> time. So we we start the opening of the movie where she's wearing a goddamn flag costume and golden armor, and she's just literally letting everybody see her do her thing. And it's just like, and all she does is like put her finger to her lip to like the little girl, and and it's like that'll keep my secret. And it's just like, what? So, like, I don't blame Patty Jenkins or anything on that. I just blame the overall decision of the studio to follow up with that stupid idea that Wonder Woman has to be a secret in in man's world. Yeah, weird tonal things in this movie. The, uh, The entire decision to, like, never explain the plot device properly... Like to show it doing anything. It's just like, here's a magic crystal that does a monkey paw. And it's like, and? Like, that can't be it. You you should at least show the demon god infusing it with his power. They mention the demon god and it's like, and? Is that the villain? <laughs> it's not the villain. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And also, I watched a couple of reviews just to try to get a feeling for what other people were seeing on it. Because a lot of people didn't like this movie. And Melina Pendulum is a YouTuber, and she she had talked about that citrine stone or whatever and said that it was yeah. like a Mayan god. It was supposed to be, like, connected to other gods. So it was, like, even fractured there. It was like, pick a god. Which god is it? <laughs> well, and even then, the name they dropped is the name of an actual DC villain god who is Greek. Yeah, so it was so like, take, what are you what? doing? What? <laughs> what are you doing? And I get that that wasn't the point because the point was everybody else, I guess. Speaking of reviews, I do want to mention as well, since he just dropped one, uh, Alex Kranz over at Gizmodo uh, did an article, said Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is a trash friend. And she really was. So so here's the thing. I liked... Um, Kristen uh, Wiig. Da, 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 Barbara. Yeah. Ba- Barbara. Barbara. And <laughs> Barbara. And, uh, but I just don't think they realized her... They never explain why she became Cheetah. She properly. couldn't I mean, walk in heels, as, Chris. Uh, obviously. I yeah, and she liked to wear the animal pants. Which was thing. atrocious. Not... Who let her wear yeah. that? That <laughs> a she trash friend let looked her wear that. Like the mom who had children too young and then she never got to be a teenager. And now she's like, I'm like your sister. That's what she fucking looked like. 
part of the other problem with that too was just that they never quite cemented that friendship in a way to me that mattered that there was like a huge betrayal the the problem i have with both of the wonder woman movies is i don't believe the relationships wonder woman has i and i and it comes down to i don't actually like gal gadot as wonder woman i i officially am putting my stand Mm. on that i don't believe Mm. she loves steve trevor she like met him and had some like weird conversations on a boat and now it's she's the love of her life like I don't right, care about right. these people. I care about none of them. I cared about Maxwell Lord, <laughs> you know. Pedro Pascal did a great job. He did a great job, you know. I'll move on to Maxwell Lord in a second, but I just want to finish Barbara. So one of the issues I had with Barbara was when she realized her power and she comes across the the abusive guy who was trying to rape her she beats the shit out of him and they they play the evil sinister music i'm like no no this is good thing because that guy deserved it and there was something about just like the tone felt off as far as them actually like showing like here's a woman who's realizing like she she can defend herself and deal with a, a situation like that and they just kept on trying to play her up as more evil it was supposed to be that she lost her humanity for to gain strength, right? Right. And I was like, eh, okay, fine. That at least, that was one of the monkey paw things that made the most sense because uh, Wonder Woman losing her powers didn't make sense. It also didn't translate for me. Like that moment where she just happens to find Max Lord passing by the same street she's on for one. And yeah. then they have this fight scene. I'm like, why does she suck? Yeah. The monkey paw for her should have been oh, the love of my life is back, but I have to sacrifice another human soul and life. Like, that should have been the issue because, you know, you did just sleep with the body of somebody with, you know, uh-huh. no consent. You also disrupted it. Where are his friends? Where is his family? Does he have, part, you know, lo- love partners? Like, Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just one of those things of like, yeah, that should be the actual monkey paw where you should be like, oh my God, I have to give up something that I truly love just for the sake of a normal moral uh, decision that somebody else's life shouldn't be sacrificed. That would have had more meaning to me than, oh, I'm the weaker. And it's just like, also, "Eh." it doesn't make sense that her boyfriend can come back in somebody else's body when like everybody else, things just happen and manifest physically. Like shouldn't he have just blipped back into existence then or something? Yeah. He should have just blipped back, which is why it would have made more sense that the punishment for wishing was to, you know, put her exactly. in that situation. Also, on the last Barbara note, you got to love how at the end, Diana never checks in on her. <laughs> she loses her powers when everybody recants their wish, which didn't make sense that Barbara would have recanted her wish because she was pretty gung-ho about not doing it. And then she just kind of never shows up in the movie again. And you're like, bye. Yeah, um, I'm just going to say every human did not revoke their wish. I know humanity. No. I'm a part of it. Everybody yeah. did not revoke their wish. So unless yeah, exactly. Maxwell Lord being like, I revoke, which I also don't believe, then I don't even know. Where did the stone come back? Did it disappear? What you know? Right. Yeah, you would you would unless his revoking basically rewrote reality to the point where everything revoked automatically, it's kinda like, eh, whatever. I I get the message they were trying to send on there about yeah. redemption. It's like fine, I can I can let that go. 
Now, moving to Maxwell Lord real quick <laughs> in in this is our podcast nitpicking mm-hmm. the podcast. Maxwell Lord is a difficult, difficult character to suddenly drop into uh, a movie because most of his history has to be explained through other properties. He wasn't even originally a Wonder Woman character, and I get the decision to make him a Wonder Woman character because towards the end of his career and life as a villain, she was the one that, spoilers, killed him. Because the thing is, his whole deal was that he was a telepath, and through all of the 80s and 90s, he was technically a good person. He was just a sleazeball opportunist. He was a car salesman, essentially. And it wasn't until the 2000s where they revealed that he used his telepathy to actively manipulate people and was leading towards the attempt to kill all superpowered people. And he's the person who killed Blue Beetle before the event Identity Crisis or uh, Infinite Crisis. The reason Wonder Woman had to kill him was because he brainwashed Superman and was going to use Superman to kill Wonder Woman. So Wonder Woman just snapped his neck and it's like, okay, so... I get why you want to make him a Wonder Woman person. So for this sake of the movie, you omit all of the telepathy. It's like, okay, I get that, sort of. And then you, but you have to find a way to make him actually manipulative. So you go with a magic route and it's just like, man, you would have had an easier time choosing any other villain, any other villain than to to just rewrite him in that way. Yeah, I don't know. It's just well, and, yeah, and Patty Jenkins has come out and said that she tried to base him a little bit more off of like a Donald Trump kind of figure, con artist, businessman, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. Which I could see, and it's like okay, yeah, I could get that, you know. He he saved a lot of the movie for me, not saved it to the point where I ever want to watch it again, but uh, but he is the best part of the movie, I think. Yeah, it just it's, it's I want to call it missed opportunity the movie. <laughs> Because there's so many, so many things I think that if they just uh, reduced it to either just Cheetah or just Maxwell, it would have been fine. And if they had rethought some of the situations just a little bit more. Um, yeah, it's like they 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 really use the crutch of using tropes, but not doing them in any like new, fresh or interesting way. Like Barbara is every sort of mousy character, Michelle Pfeiffer turned Catwoman, Uma Thurman turned Poison Ivy type character. And it's been done before and it's not interesting. And, yeah. you know, Max Lord, sure, you, you can you can. I don't know. He had no justice at the end. He just was like, I love my son. Now I get to have my son. That's not even a trope. I'm just moving on. Right. I just can't even be bothered. Yeah, it's yeah. just, yeah. I, to me, the whole movie was an ill-fitting suit. Like, the suit itself looked okay, but it didn't quite fit to the point. It, it was, it's like three young children <laughs> trying to get into a movie theater wearing a suit, you know? Um, because the... <laughs> there's so many odd choices from like cramming in the invisible jet he's like i get it why you want to do that i don't recall there ever being anything in the first movie where wonder woman can use her mind to turn something invisible no she just remembered it on the fly and was able to perfectly execute it for a long period of time yes. to be able to enjoy fireworks with her boyfriend Yes. That, that, that's all. That's it. And also her boyfriend instantly knew how to pilot uh, a 1984 jet, which is very different than a World War One 
very different than a World War yeah. One jet. Yeah, it's just the movie kind of morphed it so these things could happen. And it's like, okay, I mean, we're already in suspension of disbelief, but too much, you know, like you, you have to have some internal logic that actually follows. Yeah. The entire introduction of the gold armor is like, well, we just wanted to use this thing that Alex Ross created in Kingdom Come, but like it didn't have a purpose in Kingdom Come other than it looked cool and she went to like a big war with it. This one, they tried to give it all this background, like, oh, it was the armor of the one Amazon who sacrificed herself. And it's just like, uh, I guess you got to give it a reason to exist. But then it gets decimated in two seconds. So who cares? Yeah, it gets <laughs> decimated. And it's also like it got decimated by a, a cat cosplayer. Like, <laughs> like it should have been able to hold up just a little bit more. Yeah, I feel. Yeah. That was wasted. Like, all all the good ideas felt wasted. Also, Cheetah's CGI was deplorable. Every scene where Wonder Woman ran really fast took me out of the movie yeah. so hard. Because it's just the way Gal Gadot was moving in those running sequence. So, yeah, it's just... <sighs> I have such high hopes, and they never get anywhere near them. And... That in itself is more, I guess, my problem. But boy, I just want it. I just want a tighter script, yo. I just want a tighter script, and uh, I don't know. I want a. I want a better Wonder Woman. She's more of a model than a superhero, and I don't expect Wonder Woman to be, you know, like a, a Star Lord or something. I don't know, you know. Uh, but I just want her to be like personable. And, like, feel like she has right. a soul. And, like, when she makes <laughs> jokes with people that she's truly, like, into the joke and not just being like, oh, I'm smiling and I'm pretty and I'm really twiggy and look at me. Like, look, I do want a thicker Wonder Woman. That is true. That was the way I felt in the first mm -hmm. movie. But now I've realized that I just don't think she's a good fit for being Wonder Woman. You know, it's kind of like right. when Superman, it's like, oh, he looks he looks like Superman. And then he's just really stiff and he has no heart to him. And it's right. like, that's the problem is like you can have your own DC universe and do your own thing and you can still have heart because there's plenty of times yeah. that we've read DC comics and we felt the feelings so hard. You know, we can feel mm -hmm. it. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is there's so many people in reviews and, and all that that say that this is more of a heart-focused film. So either you and I are truly soulless or there's different standards at play. So we do joke about how we are soulless, but I think we're actually extremely feeling people. <laughs> and that's part of our problem. So, uh, I mean, we do like reading soul-shattering things like To Your Eternity, which are amazing, um, but also rip our souls apart. And that's because we feel the feelings. Because yeah. <laughs> um, Oima has been able to uh, make us get in invested in characters. Yeah. And then she tears them away from us. Yes, yes. <laughs> I always feel like uh, there was an old comedy series online in the early 2000s called Workertron, and it's just a, a, an evil robot in an office. And at some point, he's trying to get advice about uh, dating, and he just goes, Workertron feels feelings. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's how I always feel when I watch yes. something like this. I'm like, no, feelings. Ugh, so, so we can break it down as much as we want, which we have. Um, maybe later I'll think of more things to complain about. But since, well, I have more things. Oh, okay. Well, 
if you want to hit another thing, go ahead. But I feel eventually we should try and do our fan fiction magic and try to throw out like what we would have liked to have seen. Okay. You know, ideas for an enjoyable Wonder Woman theatrical experience, which we can't see in a theater. I'm so glad I didn't pay money to go see this. Yeah, yeah. William and I were both very excited about that. I just wanted him to see Cheetah, and then it was such a letdown. Right. And he hated it worse than the first one. And I don't know if I can say I hated it more than the first one, um, because I set my expectations to garbage level. So I was pretty much like, yeah, garbage, with with an addition of boring. Gotcha. Why is Steve Trevor here? He didn't need to be in this movie at all. Nope. Also, I really hate that... Her weakness is this man, pretty much. Uh, yeah. I, I fucking hate it. Uh, Wonder Woman <laughs> should be able to stand on her own. She should not have the crutch of a man. And if she does have a man, he should empower her and make her better. I want to see healthy relationships. And I think this is an absolute trash relationship. Mm-hmm. It has no heart to it. It's soulless. I don't get their chemistry at all. Mm-hmm. They're annoying. Chris chris pine Pine, did i call him pratt before there's too many chris's there's a lot of chris's just a personal preference i don't like looking at his face oh okay but that's a personal preference i'm sure people don't like looking at my face so (laughs) uh that's okay it's fine uh i didn't understand why she was so weak the power fluctuation was whatever it needed to be to fit the moment yes instead of having this amazing cool action scene We had this thing where she was like, I don't know what's going on. I can't do the thing. And I was confused I because I didn't understand what the rules were. I didn't understand that she was losing her powers because she got this guy's possessed with her, you know, 40s boyfriend that she's in love with because she had a boat ride with him or something. I don't know. So that didn't make any sense. And there were no good action scenes. There were no good action scenes. We had the first thing in the beginning, which was fine. You know, she was brightly colored. They didn't have a Zack Snyder filter. I was very happy with that. Yeah. I don't want to see a sepia tone Wonder Woman. That's fucking stupid. She's primary colors for a reason. Mm-hmm. And the CGI at the end, they had toned, they they made it so dark that it's what I, re- what I remember of like the first Hulk movie, seeing reviews oh, on that, because yeah. William won't even show me that movie. <laughs> it was so dark that I couldn't even tell what the action was that was going on. And it was uh. just kind of confusing and, and dull and uh, obviously the cheetah looked really terrible. She needed more time in the oven. <laughs> yeah, so the movie logic was all over the place. The villain, uh, I'm not buying that he loves his son. I don't think he gives a crap about his son. Right. So I don't get that that would be a motivation for him. doesn't make any sense. He right. wants power. He wants ultimate power. Um, his son's not going to give him that. Uh, so turning face and her whole thing of like, I'm not talking to you and her whole thing that's supposed to move you and make you feel good. Right. I, I didn't buy that either. I, yeah. Also, <laughs> I just wrote fuck Wonder Woman's love life because yeah. I just, if you fucking bring that man back in another goddamn movie. <laughs> yep. yep, yep. They, I've talked about how being a woman watching these films and watching strong female protagonists, I get very critical about them because I want to see good depictions. We still... We still don't have great depictions of women as a standard. And the whole crutch of having like the man be her backbone is so, so, so old. Uh, There is no point to doing that. You could find the whole like message of her like, Diana, don't cheat. That's in the very beginning. Which uh, I had a problem with that. But you, you continue and I'll get back to that. Yeah. Well, that whole thing is supposed to like set the tone for the movie. And you're kind of, but you never really, 
I mean, sure, yeah, you get it. Don't cheat. Like, don't find a shortcut to things by using a magic monkey paw. Sure, okay, fine. Sure, but it still didn't connect. Okay, I'll get it. It into didn't this connect. Now. So the go. thing is, for me, for that entire sequence, she came across adversity, getting yes. hit by a goddamn tree. Yep. And instead of giving up, she took a risk, an incredibly skilled risk, to slide and land on a moving horse, which is very dangerous and continue on now the so the trick is the only reason they knew she cheated which i don't consider that a cheat i consider it intuitive uh, ad- adaptation in the face of adversity uh the only reason they knew that she was cheating was that the, her color flare never went up but it's like you don't know what she did the color flares unless they never said that the color flares had to be hit so it's one of those things is all you know is that she lost her bow and arrow because her horse did something and you screwed her over at the end and then you try to instill in her cheating's bad and it's just like okay if you're in the middle of a life and death fight with dark side and your goddamn horse gets knocked out i hope you find a way to figure out an alternative horse method to <laughs> defeating dark side yeah. Just going to say they did her dirty on that one. It was confusing. Yes. One thing that I think only us ladies are talking about is Diana's outfits were gorgeous. She looked stunning in every single thing. She was dressed to the T. She looked amazing. That was the best thing of the film was Diana's outfits. The end. That's the whole movie. If the whole movie was just her showing me outfits and it was 10 minutes long, I would have been fine. Gotcha. 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 <laughs> Uh, yeah. And then um, I think I've mentioned everything else on my notes. So, okay. oh, uh, the the YouTuber did say that Disney plots were implemented. Uh, the Little Mermaid uh, was Diana, where she had to relinquish her power for a man. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Aladdin, where Jafar becomes the lamp, becomes the genie, yeah, is okay. Max Lord. So yeah. we have a lot of Disney plots happening in here. A lot of plots from other movies that did it better and they stole them. And they did nothing interesting or new with them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just didn't feel any real um, lasting fascination with any of the, the characters and the villain decisions. So here's, here's the trick. Wonder Woman is generally a little cursed for having great villains that could possibly translate for cinema. Um you could always create somebody new, but who knows if that will go over well. So I, I understand them wanting. And, you know, Cheetah makes the most sense uh, right mm-hmm. off the bat. Uh, Maxwell Lord makes decent sense. It's just kind of always funny to consider him a Wonder Woman villain. I was looking through a list of other possible villains. And let me just tell you, and, and the casting on this might seem a little too... uh obvious but i just love him as an actor i love him so much peter dinklage as dr psycho Mm. and you have like the you you really turn this into like a dark knight thing where the joker is trying to test batman's morality yeah that could actually be really interesting peter dinklage is such a good actor that he could really bring this like deep deep like psychopathic character yeah and have him like really put her to the test for all these highfalutin morals that she's got you know Mm. the the, and then the flip of that because harley quinn decided to do this is that his henchman could be giganta 
you know his ex-wife his ex-wife yeah <laughs> but um gigant is a tough one because i figure they they don't know what else to do with uh, a 50-foot woman but she's one who of the does <laughs> yeah <Yay. laughs> well dr peter dinklage does um <laughs> i have faith dinklage will know how to handle that yes yes sorry there's a great there's a great joke in in harley quinn where he sees uh where is uh, this how did that even work sexually no no no, no. The, the best joke is um uh, poison ivy becomes giant at some point and he takes out like some money and he's like 20 bucks to put me in your front pocket and everybody looks at him and he's like what you know i'm what i'm into <laughs> um <sighs> but so like the you know Dr. Psycho's towards the top of my list because you could do some interesting things with him. Um, but then most of the other villains tend to be just different gods. And so one of the things I always wanted to see in a comic book, like a maxi series, would be what if you basically had Wonder Woman go on sort of an Odyssey quest, but not within Greek mythology, within every other world mythology where she has to confront and deal with every pantheon of gods. Granted, a long and tricky thing to make into a film, but I think it could be very interesting as well because it means you could get into her Greek god stuff, but you can play around with, you know, incredibly powerful antagonists that can be familiar to people because they're going to know who a Loki is. They're going to know who a bunch of other, you know, pantheon gods are so you don't have to worry about introducing them to some like fifth level dc villain like the silver banshee you know you can just say like she's gonna go fight thor you know mm -hmm. um mythological thor ain't copyrighted go for it yeah i mean definitely the play with the gods i mean brian azarello's uh comic in the new 52 was based around that and so it's a pretty easy one to yeah. do um it just seems like all the gods would be a really large undertaking, but still it would be yeah. depending on how you could focus it. And if you could get somebody to really like really pinpoint the writing on it, you could get something for sure. You do hunger games, but with pantheons, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I would have been fine if we just took out Max, Max Lord and we just focused on Cheetah yeah. um, because I think Kristen Wiig's acting was good. Uh, she was just written really kind of, sad and not in a way that you're supposed to feel sad for her like it just was a trope that michelle pfeiffer did better <laughs> right yeah well you know the funny thing too is if if her monkey paw thing was losing her humanity at the point in her life all of humanity was shit to her mm -hmm. so i would have been like good <laughs> maybe she just goes more, more like devil wears prada or something because yeah. it's just you know so some other thing that bothered me was when when things get like heavy handed in the it's hard being a woman um, and then they just start beating you over the head with it. Having that drunk guy be everywhere for her and like that happened yeah. twice. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I didn't like that. Um, that was no that stupid. Um, do it once and then you go, OK, I get it. Like it's hard for her to defend herself and then maybe have somebody else come in if you want to do that, you know, who's actually attacking her. Not the same guy. The evil turn, uh, you know, using that that evil music for that beatdown would have been would have made more sense if it wasn't the same guy. It was another guy who started to be kind of, you know, wolf whistle 
and make her feel uncomfortable, but wasn't going to attack her like the other guy did. And so she's straight up beating the crap out of somebody to nearly to death mm-hmm. um, over somebody else's previous slight. You know? Yeah. Um, and then that would have been the issue of like, oh, she she doesn't know how far she's going. You know, mm-hmm. she could have easily disarmed another person who wasn't actively attacking her mm-hmm. and then almost but instead almost kills him. And it's like, OK, there's there's the signifier that she's corrupt. Right. But beating man who is rapist is not a signifier of corruption to me. Yeah. Also, the the douche guy who was mean to her in the office building, who was like she, you know, dropped everything. And then he just like looks at her. She's like, a little help. And he's just like, nah. And then later he's like, oh, you're hot. That to me wasn't like, oh, I guess she's hot now. That was like, ew, douche guy likes you. Like, you got to you got to get away from that. (laughs) You got to get away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Like nothing about it was just like, oh, yeah, she's more pretty. It's like you brushed your hair and you stopped wearing glasses. Yeah, I don't know. Glasses as a means to show that you're ugly. We've talked about that. She's all that. The 90s with Freddie Prince. Yeah. She was a hot chick with glasses. Kristen Wiig looked good. She may have not just had the best fashion, but she she looked good. She And she was wearing glasses. Who cares? I took, I took the sudden interest in her being just magical manipulation. Not that she was instantly sexier. Just that the monkey paw was like everybody get horny you know yeah um i don't want to defend it that much but that that is, i took that one as that so. that's nice of you <laughs> <laughs> so by the way as as you were continually working down your list there in the background just so that uh listeners can can picture it just picture me as emperor palpatine just being <laughs> like yes yes <laughs> let it flow through you yes well look i just want to reiterate that I, I really, I do like DC stuff. I think that there's such a wealth of material there. And I think that they're just doing such a disservice by having these mediocre films come out time and time again. And the fact that your most popular film was Joker is really sad. Yes. Um, and really speaks to, um, like, w- what, what you're shooting for as far as, um, like, the demographic and the expectations and I just think DC fans, we have we know some very dedicated DC fans and probably for their own well-being, they say that these movies are fine or OK or even enjoyable. And I think they are lying to themselves, but I understand why they would be hmm. because they just deserve better. They deserve better films. We, we deserve better films. And we've seen that they've been able to come out with competent movies. Um, Shazam was fun. Shazam was fun. I enjoyed that one. It had heart. It had feeling. Mm -hmm. I felt feelings. Uh, Birds (laughs) of Prey was a... feels feelings. Yeah. Birds of Prey was a a very competent film. I think, you know, there there are some misses in that movie. It does the same thing where it kind of heavy hands the feminism aspect sometimes, which I don't like. You know, like every man was just mad because she has a vagina. It's like, no, it's because you're an asshole. Um, It has nothing to do with your genitalia or your gender uh, identifiers or anything. Um, So that stuff doesn't work for me. But overall, I mean, I believe the characters and, you know, the story was a little long winded. But Mm -hmm. uh, but overall, you know, I think it was decently executed. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you're capable of doing these things, but for whatever reason, you're not. Either you're shooting yourself in the foot over, like, 
suits versus director or maybe a director maybe shouldn't be screenplay writing uh maybe you should get somebody who's like more suited for that like i don't know what the behind the scenes is it's all speculative for me so i think i saw some confirmation that patty jenkins was under pressure in regard to amount of villains you know from above so unfortunately i think she still has to deal with so much crap um Mm -hmm. And that's that's going to be a constant thing because AT&T and uh, all the affiliates and all that, they're just a mess. That's just going it's, to be the case. It seems that way. I yeah. mean, you've been able to make competent Batman films uh, a long time ago. I'm not talking about any of the current stuff because uh, that's terrible Batman, by right. the way. <laughs> but, you know, is is it only you can only make sometimes competent Batman films? Is that is that the only thing that they can do? I think it just depends on what uh, sometimes a director comes in and they they force an issue where they just kind of like I, I get final cut. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, all the Nolan stuff was way before they were getting geared up to do, a, you know, cinematic universe. Right. So they could have treated that as its own thing. And I think the same deal with Shazam. That's when they were like, maybe we need to just kind of let it go. And not worry too much about how this connects to Justice League. You know, that's what they did with Aquaman as well. But that movie made my eyes bleed. I I tried watching like the first 10 minutes and I couldn't get through it. I also, I'm not a fan of Jason Momoa as Aquaman because the way that he acts is like, uh, like, uh, water bro. And I, (laughs) I I don't want water bro. He can look any way. I don't, I don't mind that it's Jason Momoa in the visuals, like fine, but I just want him to actually be like Arthur (laughs) 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 and not like cowabunga dude. (laughs) Right, right. Oh my God. Where's my shirt? I can't find my shirt. See if he broke character. That's like actually that? accurate, though, because New 52 Aquaman could, like, never have a, a fully yeah. formed shirt. It was always ripped. <laughs> but if, if half the movie was him being, like, sexy fireman and being like, ooh, <laughs> then it'd be like, okay. If Soderbergh does it where it's Magic Might meets Aquaman, that's going to be a phenomenal film, man. Oh, yeah, that'll make some money. Because everyone thinks my- Magic Mike is some kind of fluff movie. It's actually pretty good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Soderbergh knows what he's doing, man. <laughs> So do you do you have any more hate to throw at Wonder Woman? Or no, you... I, I mean, I could probably go on and on. I doubt anyone's even going to listen to this or if they are, they're going to be like screaming at it because yeah. I just I just want more. I just want more. And I don't know what the answer is because I don't know what we're working with at DC. You know, um, I just I think casting choices have been off. Editing is yeah. bad. Um, corporate overhead. <laughs> yeah. Ignoring that you don't know what's going on over there conceptually and story-wise what do you want to see from a wonder woman movie so i mean somebody somebody i had watched made a point that i think was good i think it's in the greg rucka run where cheetah actually starts teaming up with wonder woman and there's more of a complexity there yeah that was in the rebirth run as in the rebirth run. Yeah. So if you did something where you had an an interesting thing, they don't necessarily have to team up, but I but maybe pull from some of those storylines, 
you know, I, I don't want to compare to Marvel, but what they do is they take storylines and then they kind of interweave them into their own thing. Right. And I think it's really, really smart because you still get to have something fresh and new for and then you can make it more consumable for the mass market. But then you can take storylines that have compelling and interesting characters and conflicts and, you know, just just interesting dynamics. And then you can bring it into something else. So I think this movie could have been a full cheetah movie and they could have maybe pulled from that run and maybe some other runs that that have interesting cheetah storylines and interweave it, you know, and really just focus on these two women. Yeah. You know, and the conflicts that they that they face yeah. and, you know, having to be adversarial towards each other. So I, I would have just loved something like that. I feel that the powers that be above couldn't let something like that happen because the trick with Cheetah is that she's not a high explosive world ending Thanos threat. Maxwell Lord isn't either, but they somehow found a way to use his arc to get us near an apocalypse, which that's stretching it a bit. So they probably were like, well, she's just a cat lady. So she'd be like, you know, the guard. And it's just like, uh, but don't you kind of save the world ending stuff for when you have to do Justice League? I mean, isn't that, you know, like your Avengers or Justice League? Like, that's what you do. That's my feeling, too. I, I, I think doing a fully character focused arc on the two of them would have been fantastic. And leaving out any weird, stupid thing about the uh, the citrine or whatever. But the trick is you could have still actually if you if you did it right, you could have done that because then you could have spent time about Barbara's. Um, she's always going to be Bravra. She's going to be <laughs> Bravra. Flight of the Concords. Uh, she. You could have done a whole thing about her, the background of why she's getting these powers, the demon yeah. god who's doing this to her, and that could have been part of the background of like maybe you're building up to he's the explosive thing or the, mm-hmm. you know whatever. Because it would have been so much better if you could have geared it towards Diana and Barbara, you know, having their final confrontation. And their friendship being the breaking factor that saves the world from a godly apocalypse, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to just Barbara being like, no, and then getting electrocuted. You know, I so. can wear heels too, bitch. Yeah. I'm never going to let the heel thing go because that's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, that's the thing. Like that article says Diana's a bad friend because the thing is like she didn't even pay attention to her supposed friend having this weird reaction and you know wearing different clothes and acting differently especially after a traumatic experience like being attacked in the park and it's just one of those things like she was so busy with her steve stuff and uh that uh, person who wrote that article is just like diana's the friend that once she gets a boyfriend she stops texting you dude she totally is which is why i think steve trevor stuff really ruined it it was such a misstep yeah. It was just to try to get Pine back in there for yeah. the Pine Nuts, as they're called, the fans <laughs> yeah. of of Chris Pine. Wow. Pine Nuts. The Pine Nuts. Yeah. That's really good. Isn't that good? That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I am not a Pine Nut. I like no. pistachios. No, no, I don't actually like I'm pistachios. a fan of D's Nuts. But anyway. <laughs> oh! <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I think it's so compelling. Then you have two people. They're both women. So you get your little, yay, women are awesome. Um, And then you get this really interesting, complex story. You have friendship and you have whatever, whatever else that, you know, complicates that and conflicts. And then you can have some kind of like thing in the background that you might be building towards, you know, with the evil demon guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
now I just kind of want a weird it, it it doesn't quite work in 1984 which is why we shouldn't have it in 1984 no but now shouldn't. I want a whole scene where uh Wonder Woman's chasing Cheetah through the streets and through the city and Cheetah goes into a convention center and it's a furry convention and Wonder Woman loses her there she can't find her amongst all the furries <laughs> And all the fur, uh, and like Cheetah goes to like, uh, you know, randomly steps into like one of the competitions and like instantly wins it, you know. Except in this instance, if she looked the way she did in that movie, she would not win. Good point. Good point. Good point. Good point. Yeah. 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 So weird. Those those effects were just kind of janky to me. Well, it's so weird that it's 2020 and we're still doing that. We need to tone it down so that we can show we can our CGI doesn't look as bad. Because right. that's what it is. You bring it so low, you can barely see, and so then it it hides the defects. Yeah, nighttime battles, uh, <laughs> the band-aid of bad CGI. It really is, and it's just so strange to be doing that in 2020, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's almost as if AT&T didn't have confidence in the product. It's so yeah. weird, man. Why? I mean, you have so many people working really hard, or maybe not at all, on this project, depending on their level of jadedness in the industry. <laughs> yeah. And then you have this product that comes out and it's such a bummer. And it's one of the three characters of the Trinity, the yep. important Trinity, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. Yeah. Wonder Woman means so much to people yeah. and you let them down, you know, yeah. even it's... people who might just be like, it's good. It's all right. They're probably just saying that because they don't want a shitty Wonder Woman movie. And why should they? They yeah. shouldn't get that. It's yeah. not cool. Yeah, it's uh, eh. they just need to get it together for my Green Lantern show. Just get it together, guys. Oof, yeah, that's, get all my boys. Do them right. That's gonna <laughs> be an interesting uh, potential clusterfuck. We'll see. I'm so sad. I want them to do it right. Mm -hmm. I want to see all the boys. All the boys. All the boys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there's just like anything else I'd really love to see in a Wonder Woman movie. And I actually think I would like, speaking of Greg Rucka, I would like to see some variation of his pre-52 concepts, which was uh, Wonder Woman becomes an ambassador, like she's supposed to always be an ambassador to the world of man. And so they play that up and she actually becomes a diplomat for Themyscira, like they actually have an embassy. And she, you know, tries to interact with the countries from that that context. You could do a lot of things there. Now, unfortunately, they're not they're just not going to do that because it could potentially be seen as boring. But she had a chef working for her who was a minotaur. So shut up. Oh, that's right. Yes. And they also did an amazing story during that run where uh, Medusa popped up and was the main antagonist for quite a while and was going to attempt to turn the entire world into stone by being televised in a duel with wonder woman why didn't they do that there yeah, you go that's pretty cool you know all the it, particles touch everything yeah, oh, yeah <laughs> oh god yeah see all that stuff that's just like what like stretching the suspension of disbelief to the breaking point <laughs> And if you're going to do that, you have to go all the way in. And they weren't going to go all the way in, you know? Whew, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can have anything you want in the world, President. What do you want? More, More nukes. nukes. What is this, the Return of the Living Dead? More <laughs> paramedics. More paramedics. Yeah, a lot of the dreams were just like, ugh. 
let's not touch too much on the uh the very not great representation of egypt and also the one terrorist who straight up wants a nuke you're like yeah look it (laughs) it wasn't great (laughs) it wasn't great it's not our proudest moment and and worst of all it was boring yeah where was our superhero dumb you made it so that you like you you kind of nullified the superhero so she couldn't actually superhero right. in a superhero film. Well, then that trope of like I'm losing my powers, like ah, oh. I had to sit for Tobey Maguire doing that. Like I'm I'm I was done by oh Spider Man too. <laughs> yeah, I was done before that, but like okay, got it, you know. <sighs> yeah, I just we go to see superhero films so that people can be superheroes. If you are having trouble with your your monthly comic, then sure, you you know, you ca- you you Captain America man without a country or you I don't know, you bone Steve Trevor and now you're limp as a superhero. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, that's fine. It's comics, you can read it or not, but this is a movie. This is like the culmination of a lot of hard work and a lot of years of production and you better give me a goddamn superhero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Especially Wonder Woman. I want to see her be a badass bitch. Like, there are at least great scenes in the first one. No Man's Land was really cool to watch, and the Themyscira stuff in the beginning, that was about the only two things I liked about the movie. See, I think that's that one of the problems with the whole she's a secret thing that really just uh, hamstrings a movie is that, okay, so you... In the first movie, you establish she's pretty hardcore. Like that final fight with uh, what did they say, Fled Nanders? Um, <laughs> like you know, it's I I don't I didn't want to see an explosion fest clusterfuck fight, but at least it gave you an idea that she's pretty goddamn powerful. And then in Superman Batman, she fights Doomsday. She's pretty goddamn powerful. So she w- that was the coolest part of that movie, right? Yeah, 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 sure. Oh wait, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of um the people versus Batman and Superman. <laughs> yeah. Um. But the thing is, is that the uh, so with this movie, since you're trying to keep her secret, I guess you couldn't go that hard. So you had to neuter her. And it's just like, well, this is why did you why could you just throw out the secret thing? Can we just pretend Superman v. Batman didn't happen at this point? Because it's just it hamstrings her too much. It does. At the very least, if you're good, if you're going to follow any internal logic, is she supposed to be keeping secret? Don't wear bright primary colors and don't televise yourself fighting uh, maybe, Donald Trump. Maybe you don't have a glowing gold lasso. You know, yeah, I don't know. know. It's like saying, Superman, you got to be a ninja. And he's like, uh, OK, can I just um, fly in reverse and uh, make people forget <laughs> that this even happened? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so this is this is one of those cases where the shared continuity really hurts it. And that's unfortunate, but that's kind of what DC has been suffering from in their cinematic universe, trying to say they all exist at the same time. They never figured out their planning. Yeah. So, that's the problem yeah. is you need, you, you need somebody like a, like a Kevin Foggy or something that's yeah. like really steering the ship and really running a tight ship. And also somebody who knows the thing, the thing that's so interesting about Kevin over at Marvel is that he both knows how to play the, the world of business while also being a geek and supporting like the creative aspect. It's a very difficult job. And I don't think a lot of people have the skill set and the experience to be able to do that. Yeah. That's probably why he 
is at the top of his game right now um, because he is very special in that regard. And you need somebody steering the ship. We, we, We went through three movies of Star Wars. And nobody was at the wheels. Mm-hmm. They were just figuring it out as they went. Uh, <laughs> don't do that anymore. <laughs> don't do it. Stop it. Uh, this is a lot of money and a lot of a lot of time. Uh, just... I mean, in most cases, they will get that money back just because they they have a, a brand and they slap it on and it's going to do a thing. Which I guess is why this is acceptable behavior. Yeah. You know, the risk is lower because they're doing their licensing thing and they can shill out whatever and yeah. hopefully land on their feet. And it's just, it's just unacceptable. Side note, going back just a little bit, mentioning that like I already saw Tobey Maguire do that. Uh, this movie kind of suffered a little bit from like, what are you, 2000, early 2000s? Um, yeah. Because even that ending, um, the, the post-credits ending, did that do anything for you? I don't really have a connection to Wonder Woman. I don't really, I don't know. I'm not drawn to her as a character, and I didn't have the Linda Carter thing. My, yeah. my husband did, and it did nothing for him. Yeah. He loves Linda Carter. It's the thing is, I like the idea of including her while you can, but that whole thing of like, we're going to have Lou Ferrigno show up as the security guard in the Hulk. All these things were like, yeah, you all should have done that 15 to 20 years ago. So having it happen now, is a little late and it's, it's, I'm 50, 50 on it. I, it's nice to see her. It's nice that you got her in there. It's cute. But at the same time, it just made this feel like it was uh, running behind schedule. Yeah. But you know, nice to get her in there. It's, you know, the the thing that they they couldn't get Christopher Reeve into any of the Superman movies. They got him into Smallville, at least. Mm. And it's like, okay, it's nice to see you. Thanks. Yeah, I think those cameos are nice. And I think it's fun. I think it's a fun idea what they did. So I'm fine with that kind of stuff. Mm. I saw somebody uh, online being like, maybe that's a teaser for what we'll see in the third movie. And I'm like, no, no. What? No, it's just a fun little thing. Yeah, it's just it's a fun just little, little winky aside. wink. Yeah. Winky winks. Her looking at the camera like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that was that was all right. Yeah. Yeah. I just I want to feel feelings <laughs> <laughs> and I feel nothing. Well, in that case, let's move off of Wonder Woman. And you had told me earlier that you are starting your Batman animated <laughs> viewings and you're already feeling feelings. And I'm so happy for you because you get to see good DC media now going forward. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I remember so poignantly the, the art and animation from that being so cool back in the day because I only caught bits and pieces of it on TV and never watched it uh, routinely. And uh, watching it now, it is a little, it's a little rough. Like you can tell it's old, but the Mm -hmm. backgrounds still look really, really beautiful because those I think are like actually hand done, you know? Um, And so those do hold up pretty well and are really cool. And first episode, you get Catwoman and Batman, which, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm fucking in on that shit because I do like some Selena Kyle and some Bruce Wayne. And uh, so that was pretty good. (laughs) <laughs> the three the three things that I had mentioned to you that I made notes about was there's like a police blimp floating through the air and there's like an old man who who's probably worked at the, the station for a really long time and he's like it's finally a quiet night in Gotham uh, and he just sounds so like jaded and yeah. tired and he's with this like young guy who's just like yeah rah, rah. you know and it's just like he doesn't know yet he's still like bright eyed and bushy tailed in Gotham like it will break your soul son <laughs> Well, and I just love that these are police blimp operators. Yes. 
<laughs> so just that there's an old jaded police blimp operator is in itself a magical concept that has outshunned the entirety of Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> okay. Number two. And I think this is in the second episode with Manbat. There are two scientists in a laboratory that are on the night shift for some reason, and they both sneak away to a quiet corner for some science nookie. Mm -hmm. I just think that is so hilarious. And this is like a kid's show, too. And it was like a little, I mean, I guess it was a teen show. I don't know. It yeah. was it was in the 90s, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, finally, some time together. But they get interrupted by Man Bat. And so it's science nookie interrupted. <laughs> It would be and great. I just if, love it. If Manbat was more like uh when like a cat or a dog interrupts sex with And they dog. just like stare at you while you're making out and you're like, Could you could you not right now? And Manbat's like, No, 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 don't let me don't let me. Don't get mind me. I'm yeah. I'm really into bats. <laughs> oh wait, no, that's Batman. <laughs> Kirk Langston, I forget how I think he just talks like a nineties guy. A nineties white guy. I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, he's just scientist man. He's just yeah. scientist man. No, no, no. He's got a more suave. He's not dorky. He's a little oh. bit more suave. He's a little bit more uh, suave. Anyway. Suave dork. Okay, got it. He's a suave dork. And yeah. then the third thing that I love, so I've only gotten like one and a half episodes in. Because oh, sure, Man yeah. Bat I kinda stalled out a little bit on, and so yeah. I just was like, take a it's break. Ma it's man bat. Yeah. It's man bat, you know. Sassy Alfred, which you said yeah. also carries on through the comics, where Batman is just like, cancel my plans for the night, I gotta go do Batman things. And Alfred is just like, I'll cancel your date with Bambi, was it? I was like, <laughs> oh, the shade. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I just love it. Mm hmm. Yeah, you got you got some good stuff ahead of you. I'm just so happy because, the, you know, <laughs> if you continue down this path, you'll get so much because... You could eventually move into the Superman animated. You could get into Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. Yes. Yeah. It's going to take me a while, though, because I oh, do yeah, notice yeah. that with it maybe being older and just my waning attention span, it's like maybe an episode at a time. And some will be weaker than others because there's kind of monster of the week and stuff like that. I remember the uh, Mr. Freeze stuff being really, really cool. I did yeah. watch a couple of those episodes back in the day, and then obviously Joker and Harley and all that stuff. So I'm definitely looking forward into getting into it a little bit more. I definitely went down a DC path where I was like, should I watch the recent Justice League movie? Should I watch? And I'm just like, why am I doing I just have access to things. I'm like, everything is possible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I'll say this about as you continue with the Batman series, um, pay attention to the opening title cards. They, there's some really nice pieces of art there, and it's just just the example of beautiful simplicity. I, I There was somebody who collected all of them online years ago, and just looking at them, you know, some of them are just kind of like nothing, nothing much to think about. It's just a title card, but mm -hmm. some of them, they're just kind of like, God, that's beautiful. Like, that's just just the, the design work on mm -hmm. that and everything, and the... The cohesion of style and tone throughout mm -hmm. the series. And that also means you're eventually going to get to the Mask of the Phantasm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I've never watched any of that stuff. So that's just one movie. So that would be nice. Yeah. With yeah. I think it was just like way later. You know, I never was a big superhero person. Everyone likes the X-Men cartoons and stuff. Even William, who's not a huge mutant fan either. But um I never really got into it. So I remember you testing us. You had this uh, CD in the store where it was a bunch of different intros. And you were oh, like, yeah. guess the intros. And I didn't know the X-Men one. <laughs> it was just like, it's X-Men. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I don't I don't know. 
whatever you do don't watch the anime x-men from like 2011 or something it popped up on netflix and i I was like this should be interesting and i made it through like a one and a half episodes and maybe i should finish it just so that i can so i can understand it Mm. and understand pain but it's (laughs) why you already do that every day of your life i know i know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's it just it, it's it's a weird snapshot of concepts and, and because it's like post Joss Whedon X-Men so it takes that but it also takes the movie X-Men because there there's a little tone of like all the leather in there but then it's trying so hard to be anime and it is done by an anime studio but it's like 2000 11's concept of 2004 anime of Americans concept of what Japanese think an American thinks a Japanese anime is. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was yeah. going to ask. Is it American anime? Because that stuff's rough. No, but it's Japanese, but it's like the Japanese concept of what an American thinks Japanese anime should be. It's so hard to describe it, but it's just like they're, they're posing nonstop and they're, they're just so they're a bit emo here and there. And so the X-Men. Yeah, it's just overwrought, but I mean, in the worst way possible. <laughs> and it, it starts off with like the Phoenix Saga has happened and like Cyclops is just like so torn about his loss of Gene. And you're like, OK, OK. The only good thing is in the first episode, there's a talking squid. Uh, <laughs> Beast figured out a way that like he's like, squids are smart. I also figured out a way to help them communicate. And everybody in the class is like, ha ha, well, this is stupid. And then he gets a call to go on an X-Men adventure. And he's like, I leave it in the hands of the capable whatever squid. And the squid <laughs> starts like, okay, class, this is what we're talking about. And you're like, wow, well, give me a whole anime about him, please. Yeah. This is our crustacean high come to life in the past. That's right. <sighs> but yeah. So are there are there comics that you would recommend to read instead of watching Wonder Woman 1984 or to cleanse your palate of 1984? Yeah, um, the entire Greg Rucka run, pre-crisis run. There's a bunch of trades for that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a standalone one that's interesting called, I'm going to butcher this, Hakeshia, Hekatea, Hakeshia. It's, it's a, basically it's a Batman Wonder Woman story that deals with like, technicalities of culture and law and like there's a whole thing where like basically he he submits himself to wonder woman and like puts himself under her boot heel and like so that he can play up a way of preventing her from taking somebody from gotham it's really weird and interesting but it's uh it's it's well done does this play into the fact that you think wonder woman and batman should be together yes so this is also why i say oh greg rooka because that guy got it because uh, there's the Blackest <laughs> Night Wonder Woman three issue mm-hmm. thing, which had Max Lord. And it's uh, Wonder Woman was possessed and became a Black Lantern. She was a zombie. So in the outside world, zombie Wonder Woman is beating the crap out of people. But they went inside her mind and she's kind of dealing with the guilt of killing Max Lord. And she's trying to free herself from the influence um, and the only thing that frees her is being confronted by somebody she truly loved. And it ain't goddamn Steve Trevor. It's Bruce Wayne. And they kiss and she becomes a Sapphire Lantern because she was able to embrace pure love. And it's just like, fuck, yeah. Because I'm Camp Selena and you're Camp and you're Camp Diana. I'm Camp Diana on that one because uh, there uh, there's another short story or uh 
ongoing subplot during the Joe Kelly run of a Justice League, which is one of my favorite runs. And uh, wait, is it Joe Kelly? I'll, I'll look that up and put it in the show notes if I'm wrong. But um, the arc basically has uh, this entire short bit where Wonder Woman and Batman and all the Justice League think they're going to die in the past. And they actually do. And in that moment, Wonder Woman and Batman kissed because they're like, we're going to die. So then there's a long convoluted thing that eventually gets them resurrected. But in the background, there was always this tone of like, maybe, maybe we do have a relationship. You know, maybe there's a possibility. And so they explored that for a bit. And uh, there's like one particular issue where uh, they run themselves through like a holographic simulation mental brain holodeck or whatever and they experience every possible permutation of their relationship and in all of them bruce dies because he's a human and they they're like i don't know if we could actually do this but they 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 accept to love each other as friends after that but in the animated justice league animated the entire time wonder woman is actively like hey how you doing? How you doing? And Bruce is just like, no, relationships in, a, in, in, in at work never work out. And uh, they, they get to an entire point in one story where Wonder Woman gets magically turned into a pig while Batman sends a bunch of heroes to try and find her, which includes the red tornado walking through the streets going, suey, suey. Did somebody uh, read Ranma one half and just be like, this is a storyline? Yes. <laughs> but basically, Zatanna takes Batman to the underworld where he has to sing at like a jazz parlor uh, a love song about Wonder Woman. You know, so there's a lot of great little romance things. That's kind of like that. That um, was it the Angel episode that you like with the uh, the guy. Uh, wait. Well, there's a character who's a demon lounge singer. Yeah, but I thought there was one thing where there was like a, maybe it was angel song or something. There was something yeah. sweet there. You you yeah. have to you have to sing so that he can read your soul and your future. Right. Uh, and I think uh, angel sings Mandy. Yeah, he sings <laughs> Mandy, and they're just like, why Mandy? And he's just like, I think it's pretty. And they're like, well, you're not wrong, you big lug. <laughs> yeah, Lauren the demon. Oh, I love that. Yeah, Lauren. Yeah, he was yeah, great. He was great. He was great. Um, so yeah, that's just, I'm, I'm all for Wonderbat. Wonderbat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a great combo. They're both warriors. They both love justice. Like, come on. It's I a think thing. It's probably like Diana would make Bruce a better person while yep. Selena's kind of the bad bitch that you smoke weed with. You yeah. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You smoke good weed with a bad bitch. That's Selena. So it's just if you want your your down and dirty or you want something to be uplifting. Usually I want uplifting, but sometimes I like a down and dirty. I mean down and dirty's good. Um It has its place. It anyway. has its place. It has yeah. its place. I yeah, I like the idea of uplifting. Um also I just like the idea that maybe like through Diana, uh Diana's mom, Hippolyta, could be sharing recipes with uh uh with Alfred. Alfred. Yeah. You know, and so he keeps on getting these these really great Greek recipes. Oh yeah. See, Very this nice. is this is where our fan fiction is really coming in. This now. is where the next Lego Batman comes from. Yes. 
Yes. <laughs> his lobster thermidor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, by the way, great Batman movie. I loved that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's one of the best Batman movies. I still need to watch the Teen Titans Go movie because I feel like that's going to oh, be yeah. so wonderful. Is that on HBO? Oh, Are we, we going to binge that? We're going to binge that. Is that our next thing that <laughs> fills our heart with glee? <laughs> yes, seriously. <laughs> yeah, the, a lot of the animated stuff just seems to be a little bit better. Yeah, you know, because they um, can. They 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 can, they can be self contained. They can yeah. let loose a little bit. You know, it's not as um, <laughs> stuffy and restricted. In Lego Batman, the 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 relationship between Batman and Joker, they understand. And Batman they got and Robin, it. they did a great job yes. there too. Yeah. And in the Harley Quinn show, in the Harley Quinn animated, they get the Batman and Joker relationship too, because yeah. it's like Harley's constantly competing with Joker for attention. Yes. But Bat, but Joker's like, I'm here, Batman. Wait, where's Batman? <laughs> Batman? <laughs> yes. We have an agreement. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yes. See, I, I like feeling joy about DC. It's not yeah, that I'm so, so pro-Marvel and Marvel Cinematic Universe that I'm anti-DC. I love them both. I want them both to do well. It's just I'm tired of being constantly disappointed. Yes. And, you know, it's not that, you know, Marvel makes plenty of screw-ups. Yeah, Captain Marvel, not a great movie, okay? I've had some reflection. Brie Larson, don't like her as Captain Marvel. She's a weird Carol. But I will... A <laughs> weird Carol. But yeah. I will say that just as a base level, the worst Marvel stuff generally is still like, okay. It's still that's, competent. It's still competent, you know? Yeah. Um, because they are, in many aspects, I'm not going to say a cookie cutter, but they have their formula. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd rather adhere to a formula that gives me something that's not not going to make me angry the best thing about captain marvel is that monica rambeau is going to happen which means we're that much closer to an yes. ultimate well the <laughs> best thing is monica rambeau and we had the cat and we had the scrolls yep. you know yep and the scrolls were great and also her friend maria really good actor really liked her kind of wish the movie was more about her because <laughs> yeah. here's the thing like i've seen people comparing captain marvel and wonder woman and i just think that just because they're two women in movies, I think it's really difficult to compare the two. Yeah. Because Carol is a dick and Diana is not. Right. And so it, you already have two different people yes. um, that you're trying to compare. It's like saying Captain America and like Iron Man. No, those one's a sweet boy and one's an alcoholic asshole. Yes. Uh, that's yeah. it. You and know? you can tell good stories with the alcoholic asshole and you can have him be redemptive and you can do all these other things. Sure. But you don't touch my sweet boy. Yeah, don't touch my sweet uh, Unless you're going to touch America's ass. We should all, you know, that's <laughs> that's the monkey paw. You, you, you get to rub that ass and make a wish, except nothing bad happens. <laughs> the monkey paw is just like, yeah, I got nothing today. Sorry, guys. Um, yeah. This is just great. All it's around. No, it's nullified by all the around. magic of America's ass. <laughs> yeah. So... DC, just just do better. Come on. Like, we want you to be good. Like, a lot of times when we would poo-poo stuff in the store, everyone was just sort of like, oh, you're just a Marvel fan or something. And it's like, no, it's really not about Marvel no, I... versus DC. It's just unfortunate that we have really strong Marvel movies and a cinematic universe that's pretty tight. And then we have a really messy clusterfuck with DC. So there's a comparison point, you know? And I feel in general we have, like, legit, like, structural storytelling critiques yeah you know that's where it kind of comes down to me but yeah (sighs) 
So now I kind of want to read Greg Rucka's recent run because now I kind of want to know all that cheetah stuff because I yeah. didn't read that. I just saw that and I was like, oh, shit, that looks good. And I think that was drawn by Liam Sharp. So there's some yeah. really nice artwork in there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. Nicholas Scott was, I for sure credited in that movie, probably Liam Sharp too. A lot of people were like credited, but there's like, I don't know why. They yeah. were just sort of like, you've worked on Wonder Woman. <laughs> you exist. <laughs> yeah. I'd have to look again at some of the names. I think there were a couple that were pretty interesting to see. And hey, they got their credits, which is nice. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. gonna, they're going to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> um, Alex Ross got a credit because he designed that armor. He mm. didn't get paid for it. He, he he actively raised the stink about that. And the thing is, DC years ago stopped paying out any creators for, for anything that was used in films um, because Time Warner and AT&T just didn't feel the need to honor that. And the thing is, they're under no real obligation to do it. It was just a really nice thing to do. It's a goodwill gesture. It's a goodwill gesture. And it's just like, yeah, if you're going to make however many million dollars off of this throw five hundred dollars to the guy who gave you the concept art you know mm-hmm. um so it, that's a little stinky on this thing you know yeah um that's not necessarily the fault of anybody on the production side that's that's all corporate uh at&t decision mm-hmm. but uh poop and their conference room of lawyers that are like nope you're under no obligation just swim in that money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Uncle Scrooge, y'all. <laughs> Seriously. Do, 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 do. <laughs> DuckTales. Well. <laughs> I don't know why we went to DuckTales, but <laughs> every time okay. I think of swimming in money, I just think of Uncle Scrooge and then I think of DuckTales. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, oh, I would also say go read Legend of Wonder Woman. Uh, oh, yeah. That was amazing. It's sad that there was never a sequel. Um, there were politics involved with that decision. Uh, but the first one stands alone very well, and it's a great standalone introduction to Wonder Woman. Um, it's also all ages friendly. Um, Which so, yeah. you don't get very often. <laughs> nope. Yeah, don't get very often. So highly recommend that one as well. Nice. Well, I think we uh, we kvetched about Wonder Woman enough, and we got a couple couple nuggets of gold out of there somewhere, you know. I hope uh, so. And I, I, I hope this is taken well, um, because we do we do have good intentions, even though we really like to shit talk. Yeah. So it's a combination of both do better because we love you. And also we're just going to shit talk, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. We do it out of love. It's also therapy for us. So. It's also spite, but whatever. So it's love and spite. <laughs> splove. It's splove. Yeah. Unlike some other companies who have built goodwill and then created disappointments in recent times, they've done nothing but create ill will. So they need to build the goodwill back. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. And I am definitely not going to watch the Snyder Cut when that comes out. That's of Justice League, right? Yeah, that's Justice League. I just don't have the time in my life to sacrifice to that. I mean, I technically do have the time in my life right now. I just don't want to sacrifice it to that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I, there's still a part of me that wants to like give the DC movies a chance, but only kind of in like thought. Like I said last night where I was like, should I watch Justice League? And then I was like, no, nah, I'm going to watch Batman Adventures. <laughs> yeah, Batman <laughs> Before you watch Justice League, watch Brave and the Bold, please. There you go. Yes. Brave you and the Bold. You will feel has some... joy. Yes. 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 
And eventually, not Brave and the Bold, Justice League Unlimited, you will get, <laughs> I'm not going to stop praising this, you're going to get to an episode that features Rob Zombie as Cthulhu, Mark Hamill as Solomon Grundy, and um, a team-up featuring Dr. Fate, Hawkgirl, Solomon Grundy, and I can't remember, I think it was Superman. And it's essentially the Defenders. Because huh. it starts with a, a military general hunting down Solomon Grundy and Solomon Grundy going smash. So it's the defenders with Mark Hamill fighting Rob Zombie. It's, okay. You get magical things like that. Yes. Yes, indeed. You know, so. Yeah. Well, plus Aquaman is amazing and brave in the bold, oh, right? Yeah. Aren't you like a huge fan of him? Yes. Aquaman is in that episode. That's right. So Aquaman's Namor. Uh, and Solomon Grundy is Hulk. Doctor Fate is Doctor Strange, and I think Hakuro is supposed to basically be like Silver Surfer because she is an alien. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but, but anyway, uh, yes, yeah. Brave and the Bold. Uh, Aquaman is the one that goes. Um, what What does he say? He says he he he's like so boisterous. He's like super buff. And uh, he, oh, he goes outrageous every time something fantastic happens. That must be what Jason Moe was trying to go for. And it just came off differently. <laughs> I don't know if he was going for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very different tone once you see it. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, all right. Well, we've spent a lot of, we've spent all the time on DC. I think yeah. now it's plug time. Oh, plug time. Uh, if you get the opportunity, please check out trustyhenchman.com. You can support me on Patreon and, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter and, and uh, Instagram, those social medias. And, uh, yeah, just doing comic book reviews, television reviews, articles, uh, artist features, things like that. Just trying to promote stuff. I do the work of looking through the catalogs and trying to find things that are worth ordering. And uh, much appreciated if you'd like to support me. $3 a month uh, gets you a weekly newsletter plus some extra stuff. And uh, lots and lots of information in them newsletters. Oh, yeah. They're packed, man. So, yeah. Yep. And that is all I got. So is it time <laughs> for... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, it's awkward time. So Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs>